what are some important things in your life? Maybe things like your family, your friends, your home. Those are important things in your life. But there's one thing that God says is most important, and we're going to find that today in our memory verse. And it says in Matthew six thirty three, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you, Matthew six thirty three. Now this verse is found in Matthew. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament part of the Bible, and God gave the words for this book to the person named Matthew. Matthew wrote them down. Now Matthew was one of the twelve disciples of Jesus, and so he followed Jesus. And when Jesus was here on this earth, Matthew. Was with him, so we can find this verse in Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three. You can think of finding the address of the verse like trying to find someone's home in your village. First, you have to find the village or the town. That's like the book in the Bible. So Matthew would be like the village. Then you have to find the chapter, chapter six. That would be like finding the street that you live on. And then you have to find verse verse thirty three. That would be like trying to find someone's house on that street. You have to find first the village or the town, then the street, and then the house. So this verse is found in Matthew six thirty three, and it says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." Matthew six thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Well, that means knowing God and obeying Him are the most important things in your life, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, if you obey God and you know God, He will give you all you need to live a life that pleases Him. Now, if you have Jesus as your Savior, if you've trusted in Jesus already. Then remember to let God control your life. Give God complete control of your life. You can trust God to work things out in the best way possible when you put God first in your life. And if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, the first step in seeking the kingdom of God is to do that: is to trust Him as your Savior. So today, you can listen carefully. You can find out more about that very important decision. Our verse again is Matthew six thirty three, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew six thirty three.
in our last lesson, we learned that Abraham's oldest servant was given a very special job. Do you remember the job that the servant had to do? He had to find a wife for Isaac. And what was the name of the woman that he found? It was Rebekah. He brought Rebekah back to the country of Canaan, and Rebekah and Isaac were married. Now Isaac was happy with Rebekah. They lived in their tent home there in Beersheba in the country of Canaan. And God had said that Abraham's descendants would be as many as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. But as the years went by, Rebekah did not have any children. And Isaac, he actually prayed and he asked God about this problem because they wanted to have children. Finally, God answered Isaac's prayer. Rebekah discovered that she was going to have a child. And actually, it was twins. Two. Twin boys. Well, God told Rebekah that her sons would become leaders over two nations and that the older one, the twin that was born first, would serve the younger one. What? Usually it's not like that. Usually the older one gets something called the birthright. Now this is very important in our lesson today. A birthright gives you special honor. It allows you to inherit twice as much. Now, when someone dies, then what they have goes to their family. So, for example, like if my parents died, I would inherit or I would receive some of the things that they have. Now, the birthright, that means that the oldest one would get like twice as much, a double portion of what their parents or what their father owns. It was a special blessing from the father. The birthright also gives you special privileges of family leadership. Privileges are like things you get to do. So this birthright was a very special honor and it went to the oldest one. But God said that the two children in Rebecca, they... It was a different situation. The older one would serve the younger. That's different. God told Rebecca that the younger son would get the birthright and the blessing. What? Now, when the babies were born, Isaac, Rebecca, and grandfather Abraham must have been excited. They must have been rejoicing. The first one born was Esau. The second one born was Jacob. Now, Esau's name guess what it means? It means hairy. Hairy? Yep. The Bible says he was hairy. I'm going to read it for you right from the Bible. It says here, and the first came out red all over like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. This baby was born with a lot of hair. But the next one born, Jacob, the younger twin, he had smooth skin. And do you know what happened when he was born? Jacob was actually born holding on to the heel of Esau. Now the heel, right, that's part of your foot. So Jacob was born holding on to the heel of Esau's foot, like he was about to trip him. Now when Esau and Jacob were 15 years old, their grandfather Abraham died. His family would miss him greatly, but Isaac and Rebekah, they knew 
that God's covenant promise to Abraham would continue through their younger son, Jacob. Well, Esau and Jacob, they grew up to be very different men. They liked to do different things. Esau loved hunting. He liked to be outdoors. He liked to go hunting. His father enjoyed eating the meat of the animals that he caught when he hunted. But Jacob, he preferred to stay at home. He enjoyed cooking, and he probably spent a lot of time with Rebecca. Now, the Bible says that Jacob was Rebecca's favorite son, and Esau was Isaac's favorite son. One day, Esau went hunting, and he came home. He was tired. He was hungry, and he must have come home and started smelling. And have you ever smelled when something smells really nice, like a, um, a plate of food or something smells very nice, and all you want is that nice plate of food, and you get so hungry? Well, Esau had that feeling. When he asked Jacob for some stew that was cooking, Jacob, he got an idea. He saw a way to get something he wanted from his brother. Jacob said, I'll give you some of my stew, but you must give me your birthright. Now remember what a birthright is? A birthright was that special thing that was for the firstborn child. So the birthright was for Esau because he was born first. And what did you get for a birthright? You got a double portion of the inheritance. Remember what I told you was inheritance? Things you get when someone, when someone passes away? The one who has the birthright would get twice as much. Now Jacob, he wanted that special privilege. But remember, Jacob was born second. Esau was the older one. Esau had the birthright, but Jacob wanted it. And so Jacob, he said to Esau, I'll give you some of my stew, but you must first give me your birthright. Esau knew the birthright was important, but he must not have cared about the inheritance because he wouldn't get it for a long time. Esau just wanted to eat. So he gave the birthright to Jacob. Jacob gave him the stew. What? This was incredible. Esau was so hungry, he thought, what profit shall this birthright do to me? And so, Jacob told him, you have, you have to promise it to me. And that day, Esau gave his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some stew, and Esau ate. And he rose up, he went his way, and Esau gave up his birthright. Wow. Now Jacob had the birthright, but he also wanted the special blessing from God. Well, the years went by and their father Isaac grew old and he was nearly blind. And before he died, Isaac wanted to be sure that Esau would be taken care of. Well, Isaac called him and said, go out with your bow and arrow and, and hunt. And when you catch something, fix the meat the way I like it, bring it to me and I'll eat it. And after I eat it, I have a special blessing for you. Well, Esau, he quickly went out. He did as his father told him to do. And Rebekah, Isaac's wife, overheard what was happening. And when Esau left to go hunting, Rebekah told Jacob what Isaac told Esau to do. Rebekah, she told her son Jacob, you have to listen carefully. You have to do as I say. Go to the flock. Bring me two goats. I will fix a meal for them from your father, 
just the way he likes it. Take the meal to him. He'll think you are Esau and give you the blessing instead. Do you realize what's happening here? They are finding out a way to trick Isaac. They had some goats. They slaughtered the goats and cooked them just the way that Isaac likes. Then they, the food was prepared. It was brought to Isaac. And Jacob, he may have been troubled by his mother's plan. He, he might have been afraid he would get caught. Jacob, he told his mother, my father will feel me and I shall seem to him as a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Jacob was concerned that his father would touch him and feel that his skin was smooth. Remember that Esau was hairy, but Jacob had smooth skin. Jacob was concerned. He said, my father's going to feel me and he's going to know that I'm pretending to be Esau. He, he, he's going to curse me. He's not going to bless me. But Rebecca, she insisted. She says, no, I will take your curse on myself. Now go and get the goats. Well, Jacob went to get the goats and, and, um, first Jacob, he had taken advantage of his brother to get the birthright. And now he was going to trick his father. There was deceit going on here. Deceit is tricking someone. Did you know that your heart tricks you? The Bible says that the heart, the real you inside, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can find that verse in Jeremiah 17, 9. Other people might think you're a good person, but God knows the truth. And the truth is, you have sin. You're born that way. Sin is wanting your own way and breaking God's laws to get it. Maybe you've lied to your parents so you could go somewhere that they've told you not to go. Or maybe you've told your teacher you forgot to bring your homework when you really forgot to do it. When you tell lies, when you be deceitful, that is just one way in which you sin. God says there is a punishment for sin and that's to be separated from him forever in a terrible place of suffering. And that is what you deserve for your sinful heart. And Jacob, he had this sinful heart too, because he had this deceit. He was willing to deceive or to trick his father. He brought the goats to his mother. She made the, the meal for him just the way that, that he liked. Jacob put on Esau's clothes. And then Rebekah tied the skins of the goats onto Jacob's arms and neck. Now the goats, they had hair, right? They were very hairy. And so Rebecca, she took the skins of them and she put them along Jacob's arms and on his neck because she knew that if Isaac touched Jacob, he would feel that hair and he would think it was Esau. Remember, Isaac was nearly blind, so he couldn't see very well. He had to, to feel things to know what he was, what he was doing. Rebecca must have been watching as Jacob went to his father and Jacob, he approached his father. And his father said, here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob, he lied. He said, I am Esau, your firstborn. Remember, this is Jacob speaking. He said, I have done as you asked. Please eat this meat and bless me. Isaac may have been a bit confused. He asked, he asked Jacob. He thought it was Esau, but he asked Jacob, how did you find it so quickly? Jacob told another lie to his father. The Lord your God brought it to me, he said. Isaac, he seemed a little curious about this. So he told Jacob, come close and let me touch you. 
that I may know if you are really Esau or not. Jacob must have been a little bit nervous as he came close to his father, but then his father was touching him and feeling his arms and his neck, and he said, The voice sounds like Jacob's, but the skin is like Esau's. Are you really my son Esau? Jacob lied once again. He said, Yes, I am. Isaac ate the food, and he asked his son to come near. Jacob leaned in close, and he kissed his father. And as he did that, Isaac was able to smell Esau's clothes. Now, since Esau had been outdoors and hunting a lot, his clothes had a certain smell. And as Jacob was, was close to his father, Isaac was able to smell the clothes. And remember, Jacob was wearing Esau's clothes. At last, Isaac believed that this was really Esau. And without knowing it, he gave Jacob the special blessing. He told Jacob, may God give you many riches. You will rule over your brother. Those who bless you will be blessed. When the blessing was finished, Jacob hurried away and the trick had worked. But just as Jacob left, guess who came in? Esau came in. And Esau said, my father, here's the meat. Eat it and bless me. What? Oh, no. Isaac's face must have been so filled with surprise and just horror. Isaac asked, who are you? Esau was puzzled at his father's question. He said, I'm your firstborn son, Esau. Oh, no. Isaac, he said, where's the one who brought me the meat? I ate it. I... I blessed him, and he will be blessed. Esau knew he had been deceived. My brother is taken from me twice, he said angrily. First he took my birthright, now he's stolen my blessing. But Esau, he said, my father, please give me, give me a blessing. But Isaac could not give him the important blessing he had given to Jacob. The Bible says that Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing he received from his father. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will slay my brother Jacob. So, that means Esau realized his father was about to die. And after his father died, he was going to kill his brother Jacob. Rebekah heard Esau's threat that he would kill Jacob. She went to warn Jacob. She said, Esau is planning to kill you. You have to leave here for a while. Go to my brother Laban, who lives in Haran. Do you remember Laban? We talked about him yesterday. Rebekah told Jacob to go to her brother, Laban, who lives in Haran. Stay there until your brother gets over his anger. I will send you word when it's safe to come home. Rebekah must have been heartbroken to see her son go away. If only she had trusted in God to work things out instead of trying to do it her own way. The Bible says that God is sovereign. That means he's in charge of everything that happens. Rebecca should have trusted God's sovereign control in her life. And if you have believed on Jesus as your Savior, you can do that. You can trust God's control in your life. God knows about everything that's happening or everything that will happen to you. And sometimes you might not feel like God knows what's good for you, but God does know what is good for you. Sometimes you might feel like you have to work things out on your own even if it means tricking someone or doing it dishonestly. Like, instead of trusting God's help, you might cheat to get a good grade at school. Or instead of letting God provide friends for you, 
You might try to make others like you by being someone you're really not or by pretending to be something you're really not. And when you deceitfully do those things your own way, you're not putting God first in your life. Remember what our verse says, Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33 God's in control of everything, and nothing is too hard for him. And as you put him first in your life, he'll meet your needs. You can talk to God about things that worry you or concern you, and then you can wait for God to work. You can trust that God is sovereign. He has complete control. Sovereign means he's in control of everything. And only God is sovereign. Rebecca should have trusted God's sovereign control in her life. God is in charge of everything that happens. That's what sovereign means. But instead of trusting that God was sovereign, Rebecca tried to work things out her own way. Now, she didn't tell Isaac the real reason that Jacob was leaving. Instead, she said, I don't want Jacob to marry one of the women from Canaan. Let him go to my brother in Haran and find a wife there. Well, Isaac agreed. He sent Jacob to Haran with his blessing. Now, Jacob left. Remember how many miles it was from Canaan to Haran? It was 450 miles. While Jacob was traveling, he had a lot of time to think about what he had done. And when night came, he slept in a field filled with rocks, and he used a stone for a pillow. But that night, Jacob had a beautiful dream. He saw something like a huge stairway that stretched from earth up to heaven. And on that stairway, Jacob saw angels coming down and going up, and the Lord spoke to him from the top of the stairway. And God said something, and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father. Now Abraham was Jacob's grandfather. And the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, or you lie, or you rest on, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. The land where you are lying I will give to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as many as, as the specks of dust on the earth. I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. I will not leave you. I will bring you back to this land. Wow, that's a wonderful promise from God. But did Jacob deserve God's love? I mean, he had just done a lot of tricks and deceit. No, he didn't deserve it, but God still gave him that love. And God loves you, even though you don't deserve it. God made you. He made all the beautiful things in this world for you to enjoy. He's the great creator, and you're his most special creation. He knows all about you. He knows how old you are. He knows what your name is. He knows the bad things you've done. He knows about your sin. And although he hates the sinful things you do, he loves you with a perfect love. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world, and that includes you. Even though you don't deserve it, God does love you. And God loved Jacob, even though he didn't deserve it. And God made a wonderful promise to Jacob. Now, when Jacob woke up, he realized that he said, the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Something had happened to Jacob. He saw how truly sinful he was and how perfect God was, and he was changed. He had been living a deceitful life only to please himself, and now he belonged to God. You can belong to God too. 
Remember, God made a way for your sin to be forgiven, and that was by him sending his son, Jesus, to die for your sin. Now Jesus grew up. He was perfect. He never did anything wrong. And when he was an adult, he was arrested by a wicked man who didn't believe he was the son of God. They accused him as a criminal. They sentenced him to die. The Lord Jesus suffered terrible beatings, but then he was nailed to a cross. He bled and he died for you. And the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. Yes, as Jesus hung on the cross, God punished him for your sin and for your deceitful heart. And only Jesus could take your punishment because he's the only one innocent of all sin. After Jesus died, he was buried, but on the third day he came back to life. Many people saw him on earth. Then he returned to heaven. He's alive forever there today. And when you believe on him, God will change your deceitful heart and you can belong to him. Just like Jacob now belonged to God. He had been living a deceitful life, but now everything had changed and he was ready to begin his new life with God. He took the stone that had been his pillow. He set it up like a pillar and poured oil over it. And this marked the place where something very special had happened. Jacob named that place Bethel, and this means the house of God. Jacob made a solemn promise that day. If God will be with me and give me food and clothing and bring me back to my home again, then the Lord will be my God. Jacob belonged to God and God belonged to him. Jacob would never be the same again. God had changed his heart and God can change your heart too. Perhaps you realize today, you've sinned. You need Jesus to forgive your sin. You're in danger of your sin's punishment. Remember, Jesus died and rose again so you could be forgiven. The Bible says, believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, ye might have life through his name. Now to believe means to trust completely in Jesus as the only one who can forgive your sin. Now, to believe in Jesus means to trust completely in him as the only one who can forgive your sin. When you're willing to turn away from your sin and believe on Jesus, God promises you will have life that lasts forever with him in heaven. God will forgive you. He'll change you on the inside if you believe in him. And you can do that today. If you would like to believe on Jesus today, you can tell him something like this and truly mean it. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe Jesus died and rose again. Please give me everlasting life and change me on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a wonderful decision to make, to, to believe in Jesus. Nobody else can make that decision for you. You have to make it for yourself. And if you would like to read about Jacob and Esau and this lesson that we just learned from the Bible, you can find it in Genesis chapter 25 and then Genesis chapters 27 and 28 as well. Well, that's all for this time. I'll see you next time. Bye.